0: Welcome back, everybody, to another Vince August podcast. This one will be the last podcast of 2014, episode 19, uh, entitled New Year's Traditions. Um, This is actually a a first for me in about five years um, in terms of how I'm spending my New Year's Eve. I am not performing stand-up. Uh, this year, the last four years, I was the closing comic at Caroline's on Broadway, which is just one of the premier nightclubs for comedy throughout the country, if not the world for that matter. Um, and I was fortunate enough to close the late show and the early show leading up to the, the ball drop. And the great thing about Caroline's on Broadway, if you've never been there, it's located on Broadway between 50th and 49th, and I would get off stage at about five minutes to midnight. Um, then we, I would get ushered with the rest of you know the, the employees and the staff onto 7th Avenue where I would just have the most unbelievable view of the ball drop, and if you see the the ball drop, on television, the, the I'm talking about Times Square, of course, and you know what what happens in New York City. It's kind of crazy if you've never been a part of it. Um, here's how it all goes down: at around four o'clock in the afternoon, the pens because the people are actually kept in in metal pens. The pens are closed off, so uh, people rush to get into these pens on. Broadway and 7th Avenue, which start, I think, as far back as West 57th Street all the way to 42nd Street. And, of course, as you get closer, I think between like 46th and 42nd, that's where really a lot of the television production stuff happens. That's where the stage is set up. That's where, um, you know, you, you see Ryan Seacrest and everyone else that's involved with what you see on television, all of the interviews going on the street, that's where that happens. Uh, Those people basically race into those pens. Four o'clock, the pens are shut. You can't get within a block of Times Square from any direction because of all the police presence. There's a police barricade put up uh, that encircles that entire area. So I would have a work pass, obviously, that the club would issue me. And even with the work pass, getting through security was was no joke. Uh, the New York City Police Department takes this very very serious. Obviously, the safety concerns, terrorism, and everything else, um, it would be an unbelievable target. So the 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 security is at an all time high. So I would normally get to New York City around nine o'clock, and the crazy thing is I would find street parking because no one's going into New York. So I would park, you know, somewhere on one of the you know the streets that intersect uh, Broadway, maybe 48th Street or whatever, I'd park my car, I'd walk a couple blocks, get to 8th Avenue, go to a police checkpoint where they would allow workers to go through. The first two years I did it, they actually gave me a police escort. And the crazy thing is, as you're walking down... 50th or 48th or 49th, heading towards 8th Avenue. Um, there's a lot of noise. There's people all around blowing horns. It's it's incredibly loud. Then you get to the 8th Avenue checkpoint, and then there's this eerie silence as you get closer and closer to Broadway, which the first time I did it didn't make sense because I thought it would be incredibly loud. But I'm getting there at you know roughly 9.30 at night, So as you're walking closer and closer to Broadway, I mean, it is eerily silent. And the reason it's eerie is because by the time you get to the corner of Broadway and 49th or 50th or wherever I was getting to that checkpoint to get across the street and it would change from year to year. If you look to the left or to the right, all you see is just millions of hundreds of thousands of people. That totals, I guess, a million at some point when you collect them all together that are just sitting in these pens waiting for this ball to drop. And as they're sitting there, they're not getting crazy. They would, If they did that from 4 o'clock on, they would be completely burnt out of their mind. And they're just trying to keep warm and hanging in there for eight hours. So you, you could actually hear a, a penny drop on the street. That's how quiet it is. And I would get ushered through the barricades. And when I tell you barricades, I mean, it's barricade on top of barricade. Get to the club, go downstairs. Uh, There'd be two shows at the club. And after the second show, that's when we could go out. And you you go out onto the street and you realize these people have been waiting there for eight hours. And, And here was the craziest thing, and especially the first year I saw it. And it didn't change for the next three years. These people that have been waiting for eight hours to capture this moment and be a part of this moment, as I'm standing there, I turned and looked behind me towards Central Park. And for as far as the eye can see, all of these hundreds of thousands of people are standing there holding up their phones to record the event. So when you turn around, all you see is the lights from the phones ready to record This thing that is on, I'm imagining every television around the world, you could DVR it, you can set it to record at home. They want to record it on their phone. And then when you look to the right towards the ball drop, all you can see is the screens of the phones pointing up. And it's kind of weird, and and I think Louis C.K. touched on this and, and how people, you live for these moments and then don't even really get to see it through your own eyes because you're trying to capture it on your phone and granted it's it's an awesome experience I mean the excitement and the noise as the last especially the last 60 seconds it's people counting down the clock it's the you can the streets are just filled with the sound of what would be thunder um, it's as loud as anything I've ever heard in my life. And then finally, of course, the the ball drops. There's fireworks in the heart of Times Square, 42nd Street and and 6th Avenue and 7th Avenue where everything intersects Broadway. And then as you look back towards Central Park, there's also fireworks there. So there's fireworks each direction you're looking at. People are just screaming, um, cheering. It's really an awesome spectacle. Confetti falls out of the sky. Uh, people are just hugging each other, and at the same time, you have to understand they 've been caged for eight animals for eight hours the like animals these people cannot wait to get out of those pens if for no other reason, one main reason they gotta go to the bathroom they they 're just absolutely stuck. And cooped up in these pens, there's this idea of just roaming free at that point. So I think about f- at 12.05, the police officers open the first barricade. And when I tell you people scatter, it's like nothing you've ever seen. By 12.15, Times Square, I mean, there's a couple of stragglers behind. But for the most part, what you're looking at is all of the pens now empty. The only thing you see is confetti on the floor. And the first year I was there, because it was, you know, just that first time you were experiencing it, it was kind of pretty incredible. I waited to see, you know, the aftermath. Lined up at West 57th Street, heading towards the heart of Times Square, you have the, basically it's the, the New York Sanitation Department, the Broom Brigade. And they come down literally with brooms and are sweeping the confetti by two o'clock in the morning, with the exception of a stray piece of confetti here or there. You would never know what was going on in New York. You would think that a parade wouldn't buy or something because there's all the barricades left over that are pushed to the side. But for the most part. You would never guess in a million years that there was these you know million people crammed into pens for eight hours sitting silently for seven hours and 50 minutes with you know 10 minutes of this building euphoria. It's absolutely incredible and New York has it down to a science. It really is amazing. Um, I've had the chance to live it the last four years in a row. Right dead center in the heart of it, um, just outside Caroline's on Broadway. One year I stayed at the W um, just because uh, me, my fiance stayed there with our dog and we wanted to experience it. And it was kind of fun. The year before that, I think, was the first year I wasn't there in the last five years. And then two years before that, I was performing at what used to be the Laugh Factory in Times Square, which was on the corner of 43rd and 8th, which if you went to the corner of the street, if you walked a block, you were looking at the ball drop from the side view, which we had the opportunity to do. So I've spent many a year um, in Times Square, New York, I think seven of the last nine years, this is my first year that I, you know, I was looking to take off. I, I didn't want to work. Um, and as it turns out, I'm working anyway in my other aspect of life. Um, I am part of the unbelievable, actually, group of professors, lawyers, um, educators that are going to be giving a 12-hour seminar to get continuing legal education credits. I've been asked to be one of the, the instructors and I'm teaching the, the course between uh, 1 p.m. and 2 p.m. on attorney ethics. Uh, I'm honored to be a part of it. It's an unbelievable panel, unbelievable group of attorneys and professors assembled by Bob Ramsey, who's quite possibly one of the smartest people I've ever met. Um, Bob Ramsey is the guy who writes the the rule books for New Jersey lawyers, and his, his mind is absolutely incredible um he's literally a genius he's teaching himself how to speak arabic but anyway i, I digress um i so saw i'm part of that so I, I wanted to take the day off and i got roped into working anyway so that's the wrap-up of what i've done uh the last couple of new year's eves my take on new year's eve in times square my experience with it at least um having performed at carolines has been incredible the crowds are great the people are excited. Um, there's a buzz in the room. It's, it's really a lot of fun. Uh, always sold out, which is the other thing to play. A sold out crowd at Caroline's is nothing short of just a, an absolute comedic rush. Um, if you're a comic, that's what you want. Just that energy. Um, so it's, it's been great. I'm very excited about having a year off and just spending it with close friends and family. We're going to go out to eat and probably just come back home, pop a bottle of champagne, watch it on TV and kind of relax. Um, with regards to 2014, you know what? Let's just close the book on it. No need to rehash everything that's happened. I've done a bunch of podcasts in the last couple of months going over stories. I don't want to rehash any of it. Um, you know, looking back on a personal perspective, you know, listen, everybody has ups and downs. Um, I've talked about, again, in the podcast, I dealt with some personal tragedy this year. I've dealt with some business difficulties this year, entertainment difficulties this year. The bottom line is this. As I sit here recording this last podcast on December 29th, 2014, I survived. I am here ready to move forward. I am equipped with the tools necessary in life to have survived what happened last year and move forward into 2015. Um, and I think that's the healthiest approach in dealing with moving forward. One of the things I wanted to talk about, though, in this podcast that I found interesting in, in looking at the New York Times, the New York Times Square tradition is how things are celebrated around the world. And I found this website and it was a lot of fun. I wanted to uh, read off what some of the different countries do, which is kind of funny. And here's the first one, England. The English custom for welcoming New Year is full of hospitality and warmth. They believe that the first guest for the year would bring fortune to them. He should be a male. Wow. Uh, should enter through the front door and bear some traditional gifts like loaf for the kitchen, drink for the head of the family, and coal to light the fire. Otherwise, he is not allowed. <laughs> they believe that these things bring good luck. So basically, uh, the tradition is someone comes to your door and brings you stuff. Um, that, that sounds a lot like just having family over for Christmas, but apparently this is the English tradition. And if they come over empty-handed, you shut the door in their face. So, you know, everyone talks about how the English are polite. I, I guess only if you're bringing them things when you come to their house uh denmark in denmark residents keep a pile of dishes all broken in front of the door uh for this they save old dishes and people usually throw these on the friends doors during new year so basically you save up some old dishes you throw them at the front door smash them and let them pile up by the door this symbolizes friendship and brotherhood and they believe the one with the maximum dishes outside has the most friends. Um, that's that's a, a hell of a tradition. I, I think the person with the most dishes outside has just the absolute worst, messiest friends. They're smashing dishes on your front door and leaving them there. I, I, what the hell's going on in Denmark? <laughs> they, that's, that's a crazy one. Uh, in China... You would think the Chinese have something really unique. Let's see. The Chinese have, and sure enough, here it is, a unique way of celebrating New Year where every front door of a house is painted in red, which symbolizes happiness and good fortune. They hide all the knives for the day so that no one cuts oneself because that may actually cut the entire family good luck for the coming year. I... If, if you're painting front doors red and you have to hide knives, this sounds like something biblical. It sounds like they're, they're going around killing firstborns. Um, that That's a kind of a creepy tradition. And this is the first time I'm reading these. I found these and I figured it would be fun to go over them with you as I'm reading them. Brazil. Uh, Brazilians believe that lentils signify wealth and prosperity. So they serve food items made up of the legume like soup or rice on New Year. On New Year's Eve, the priestess dress up in blue and white for an auspicious ceremony celebrated for the water goddess. Also, a sacrificial boat filled with jewelry, candles, and flowers from the beach of Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro is pushed into the ocean to bring health, wealth, and happiness. Yeah, it's going to bring health, wealth, and happiness to whoever finds the boat that's pushed out there. That's for sure. Man, you fill a boat with jewelry and push it out to sea. But well, that, that's an invitation for robbery. I guess they're not filling it with the, the good stuff. Uh, Austria. Austrians find good luck charm in suckling pigs. They serve it on a dinner table with edible pigs and the peppermint ice cream served as desserts for fortune. So they're having pig and ice cream in Austria. I'm not celebrating New Year in Austria anytime soon. Let's put it that way. The Germans, let's see what the Germans do. Lead is considered to be auspicious here. They pour molten lead into cold water, and the shape that is taken after predicts the future. Heart shapes symbolize marriage, whereas round shapes denote good luck. Anchor shapes tell you that you need help. However, a cross signifies someone's sad demise. Well, the Germans are, are definitely... Playing on an old tradition. I don't know how many people have the the ability to melt lead in their homes. Um, But (laughs) apparently they're doing that. I I think the closest we come is fondue. We melt cheese, dip a bread into it, cover it, and eat it. I think that's the closest we come to that, as close as we're going to get. Belgium. Let's see what the Belgium are doing. Uh, They call New Year Eve as St. Sylvester Eve. They believe in throwing family parties where everyone kisses, exchanges, fortune greetings apart from raise toast to welcome the new year in their own manner. Now, this is fun. This is what they're doing in Belgium. Invite people over. Everyone makes out. You exchange some greetings. You raise a toast. Ah, Look at the Belgium. Good for them. I love their waffles. See, there's a country I can relate to. Um, Let's scroll down some more. And see what else we got going on in these different countries. Egypt. This could be a good one. Egyptians believe that the new year begins only when the new crescent moon is visible in the sky. They create an extremely festive atmosphere all around and celebrate the new year with happiness and joy. The official announcement is made in the city of Cairo in a holy mosque. And the religious leaders do the needful. I don't know what that means. So basically, if you have a full moon, you're waiting a long time before you can start celebrating New Year. Um, Everyone's going outside and looking up in the sky for a couple weeks in that situation. Greece, this could be a good one. They call it St. Basil's Day, one of the forefathers of the Greek church, because it's also celebrated as his death anniversary. Okay, so they're celebrating a death. They bake some special bread. Okay, here we go. A coin is buried inside the dough. The procedure of serving the bread is unique. They offer the first slice to God, second to the breadwinner of the house, and the third is meant for the house. If one contains the coin, spring will hit early that year. Holy crap. So this is their groundhog, a loaf of bread with a coin in it? Also, whoever gets the slice with the coin is supposed to be blessed With extra good luck. Wait a minute. The first slice is to God. So if the coin is in the first slice, God is going to get extra good luck. I think God has enough good luck. Um, The breadwinner is the second one. The house is the third one. Man, you better hope that bread isn't thrown in the first piece because two out of three people are going to feel pretty upset that God is getting more luck. Let's see what they do in Wales. During midnight at the initial toll, The back door of the house is first opened and then immediately shut. This symbolizes releasing old year and locking out all the bad luck it brought. All right, that's kind of fun. At the 12th toll of the clock, the door is reopened to welcome New Year with all its goodness, luck, and prosperity. All right, so the the first bell rings, open the back door, everybody that's bad and evil, get out, and then you shut the door, and then at the 12th one, you open the door and say, all right, let's let all the good stuff back in. Hopefully there's a good wind blowing and the crap doesn't blow back in the door. Uh, Japan, the Japanese New Year is Oshigatsu, is meant for celebrations with family, and it begins with proper decoration of the home to welcome luck and fortune. They clean the entire house. This is starting to sound Italian. Get themselves off from every financial liability and resolve all issues before the new year hits. This is sounding more and more Italian. It sounded like the baptism scene from The Godfather. The following traditions of three things. A pine branch called kodamatsu denotes longevity. A stalk of bamboo symbolizes prosperity Whereas a plum blossom shows nobility. Before the clock strikes 12, they ring 108 bells to show that all 108 troubles have been eliminated. Wow, that's a lot of pressure. So you've got 12 bell strikes to ring 108 bells? That's some fast ringing, man. I, I don't get that, but that's what they do in Japan. The Philippines, here we go. They believe that every round thing is auspicious. So they consume grapes, have coins, wear polka dot dresses, and they have faith that circular things attract more money and fortune. They also throw coins as New Year's begins to increase wealth and prosperity. Yeah, I hear a lot of stuff with money on New Year's. You hold money in your hand. It brings you good luck. Um, I've done it. Trust me, it doesn't work. The Spanish eat 12 grapes at every toll of the clock. Wow. 12 grapes every toll of the clock. You're talking 144 grapes. This, they believe, will bring good luck and happiness for the, for the coming 12 months. It's also going to bring you a trip to the bathroom. 12, wow, 144 grapes in a matter of the 12 tolls of the clock. Puerto Rico. People throw buckets of water out their window, so they're having a nice bucket challenge. They're doing the ALS thing in Puerto Rico. And they also clean their homes properly. Uh, They believe that this will clean the odds of last year uh, and get the spirits out of the home. A lot of stuff about getting spirits out of the home. In the Netherlands, um, the bonfires are burnt of the Christmas trees on the New Year Eve on streets by the Dutch. This purges out the old and greets the new. That's interesting. That's a good way to get rid of your Christmas trees. We're all going to burn them um, one week later. Chile, people go for mass in New Year apart from visiting graveyards. They make seating arrangements there and wait for the New Year to come, along with the dead bodies. All right, so it's Halloween in Chile on New Year's Eve. Rome, okay, here we go. Let's see what my my people are doing. The celebrations last for three days. Yeah, see, the Italians, they bring a ton of, you're, you're talking a lot of wine, you're talking a lot of pastries, you're talking a lot of food. That's why it goes on for three days, because we overcook. Where the Romans decorate their houses with greenery and colorful lights, they choose gifts for their loved ones very carefully, like gold, silver for prosperity, honey for sweetness, etc. Uh, United States, they believe kissing during midnight as the year approaches is auspicious gesture that purifies everything that is evil. Uh, so we are making out to get rid of all of the evil spirits in the United States. That's a lot of making out. We we would actually need to have all of the Valley in California film a giant porno on that day in order to get some of the evil spirits we've been dealing with lately. And there's actually a whole list of countries here. Let's see what the French are doing on New Year's. This could be a, a, a good one. Um France celebrates new year on uh, January 1st of the Gregorian calendar. It's called jour de etrenais and le jour de l'an. It's the oldest festivals of France. It's an official public holiday, Um, a pleasant farewell to the old. Let's see if it says what they actually do. One of let's see. okay, here we go. Um, a New Year's Eve a traditional ceremony is organized in France as part of which a special festival cake with the name of Le Galet de Raux is cut. A special feast I tell you what, any holiday that involves a cake is meant for me. I am if you don't know this about me by now, I have an unbelievable sweet tooth and celebrating anything with a cake is right up my alley. A special feast called uh Le Re- Réveillon The Saint Silvestri is planned where we have traditional dishes such as pancakes and foie gras uh, on the platter. Also, champagne is served to the visitors. According to the French traditions, this brings um, prosperity and good luck to lives and those attending the feast. Um, They have parades. Wow, the French do it right, man. Give it to the French. You know, we always mock them, but they, they seem to have a really good party. Hold on. Let's see what's going on in Ireland. This could be fun um new year's is a big time for the natives in ireland usually um it's considered to be a time in ireland when people prefer to spend time with family and friends they sit around a table on new year's eve have a special dinner and count for the moment to arrive everyone remembers and pays homage to someone who passed they do this by leaving a place setting on the table and keeping the doors unbarred um it does not have an intensely followed party culture few pubs clubs and black tie balls do open up late and get closed you earlier than usual wow you know this is crazy i went to ireland this year and you know the irish get this uh, this stereotype of being big huge drinkers and the pubs and everything we stayed in this town, and there were three bars in this one area in the center of town of uh, Drum And we went out on a Friday night, and one of the three bars was open. And I got to tell you, you know, th- that's really um, th- this whole idea that the Irish are these big, huge drinkers is really misplaced because we were the big drinkers there. When I say we, I mean the people I was there with. Um, a lot of drinking going on on our end, but the Irish were looking at us like, w- w- you guys are right. <laughs> so not what you think. Look at the Irish. They're, they're leaving place settings for dead people. They're unbarring doors. They're not celebrating and are going home early. Um, Canada, New Year is considered to be an important time by the Canadian people, and therefore grant preparations go into organizing Uh, Much grander New Year celebration events prior to the end of the new year on the occasion of New Year's Eve. small as well as big parties are organized around Canada, which go on until early morning of New Year Day. Apart from social parties organized in clubs, bars, discotheques, people also organize private parties. Everyone eats, drinks, sings. So the Canadians are like us. Um, Not a whole lot of difference there. You know, it's funny. New Year's. In the United States, a lot of people refer to it as kind of uh, an amateur night. You know, it's it's when people that, you know, go out and looking for a reason to get just absolutely blitzed, party, um, you know, just get drunk beyond belief, go crazy. A, A lot of people call it amateur hour, amateur night, as if the hardcore drinkers are saving their drinking for just... Every other day of the year. And, you know, the special events are reserved for the people that never go out. I never really understood that whole thing when people call it amateur night. Um, it's it's. I like that, especially the people that say it, because it's, it's one of those things that listen. You know what? I drink on a Tuesday when nothing's going on because I'm a pro. I save the holidays for the amateurs to go out and drink. I, it doesn't make much sense to me. Um, let's see what else we have. If we can find another good place where, you know what? Let's see what's going on in Switzerland. How about that? In Switzerland, New Year's Eve. Um, there are no traditional ditch, dishes, which are associated. Um, they celebrate with sweets and desserts again to see, I, you got to love the Swiss. They celebrate New Year twice in a year. Look at this. The country follows The julian calendar so they celebrate new year for a second time on the 13th of january all right now this, this is kind of ridiculous so hold on a second this day also marks sylvester's day everyone has a thing for this sylvester a traditional day of exchanging gifts and dining with the family during the festive season swiss take to the streets in colorful costumes perform symbolic ceremony so hold on it's so if you can't be in the country on December thirty first, don't worry about it. In thirteen days, we're doing it again. That's pretty crazy. They actually celebrated twice within two weeks in Switzerland. I hope you guys are getting something out of this because I think this is kind of interesting hearing about all these different things. Um, what are our friends in Russia doing? Let's see what let's see what kind of bash Putin's throwing over there. Um, they celebrated on January 1st, like everyone else. Um, The Russian New Year is calculated based on a Gregorian calendar, but earlier the New Year was observed in the month of September. Later, this practice was changed in the year 1699 after uh, Tsar Peter read about the counting of years from the birth of Christ. Since then, the New Year is declared public holiday and is celebrated with great joy. The most traditional New Year celebration is held in the Kremlin, more than 50,000 people gather for the 50,000. I think we have that in one pen in, in Times Square. Um, and the tickets are sold weeks before Russian meal comprises of meat and potatoes. People arrange feasts and visit people to enjoy the New Year with their love. And there are many popular New Year's Eve. The most famous is called the Tree of Navogodnaya, Navo. Gadnaya, Nevogadnaya Yolka, which is decorated like a Christmas tree. The tree is adorned with different sweets and topped with a bright star. From December onward, the homes are decorated with the fir trees. They are kept until January 14th. Uh, the festival preparations start in December. Streets are decorated with toys, posters, flags, garland, and lights. So basically the Kremlin is Rockefeller Center. Um... Pretty much same thing as, as here. Um, all right. We're going to do one more. Let's go to Mexico. Let's see what kind of piñata they're smashing on New Year's Eve. The native families arrange for a Mexican New Year parties on the New Year Eve and decorate. Plays decorations play a vital part of preparation, apart from lots of colors. Mexican pan dolce is a crucial part of the party decoration. Mexican pan dolce is a served at midnight just at, at the juncture of the New Year The baker puts a lucky coin. Here we go with this lucky coin thing In sweet beard or Mexican. I guess that's bread. It's misspelled or Mexican pandaloche. The person who gets a lucky coin um, is considered the luckiest person in the next year. So it's funny when you think about it, that that tradition goes on in Greece and it also goes on in Mexico I mean those those countries that you wouldn't think are, are could be any more different. Where where is the the influence um, in, in that whole thing? That that's kind of crazy with this bread and the coin thing. Um, but it would especially those two countries that would never associate to one another or having any traditions that are similar. Uh, traditional Mexican New Year game New Year's games play a key role. These games are played only to entertain the guests. Uh, they're fun to play. The game's deeply associated with traditions. For example, people are asked to write the good and bad events of the current year. These lists have to be made before midnight. At 12 o'clock, they're asked to throw the list in the fire and turn the list to ashes. The tradition symbolizes removal of negative. You're going to get a lot of that. Um, you get a lot of letting out the bad and letting in the good. Um Again, there's a lot of cleaning, a lot of people cleaning the houses, taking showers. I would think that that happens every day. Um, here's another one. The Mexicans also eat grapes. Each grape signifies good luck again. And, you know, you, you see how big the world is. And yet these traditions seem to overlap. Now, I understand a grape thing from Spain to Mexico, but the bread thing with the coin kind of blows my mind. Um, that's that's kind of weird. Um, by all means, if if you have any crazy traditions or different traditions, or celebrate New Year's Eve in uh, in a different way, let me know. Uh, that I loved reading this, and th- I was reading this for the first time because I wanted it to be fun for me uh, as I was reading it to you. Looking forward to 2015. Um, we we don't have any big sporting events like the Olympics. Uh, or the World Cup, I guess we're kind of stuck with our, our normal sports system. We don't have a, a big election year, um, speaking from the U.S. So th- this 2015 is, is kind of like this blandish kind of year heading in in terms of big events that we know are coming our way. Um, in terms of me looking forward, um Again, irons in the fire, hoping for something entertainment wise to blow up for me um in terms of the law practice still keeping my law practice still performing stand up um you know still on this roller coaster ride that is vince august slash vince a sicari um so just hoping for you know hoping for me to be able to stay the course and just continue to work hard, do the best at everything. And that one of these things is, is going to come into fruition. One of these seeds I've planted out there in terms of entertainment is going to grow. Um, in terms of resolutions, you know, I know a lot of people make new year's resolutions and, and things moving forward. I kind of think our vices are the things that keep us going in life. (laughs) I I think our vices are, are the things that help us maintain sanity so a lot of people say, well, what are you giving up? I don't think you look at it as a resolution. I, I think it's just a question of a lifestyle change. And if you have to wait until January 1st to do it, eh, it's probably not going to work out for you. Um, a lot of people just have that revelation in the middle of the night and decide I'm making change. I'm, I'm not a big person for resolutions. I, I think they're kind of corny. So, hey, by all means, if you have a resolution or something that, you do that seems to work for you every year, let me know. Again, email me, message me, um, Vince August on Twitter, Facebook, just about everywhere. Just Google Vince August. Do want to leave you with this amazing quote that I saw posted on my friend Ryan Decker's page um, from Sophocles. And especially with everything going on as we ended 2014 going into 2015 I thought this was one of the best quotes I've ever seen on the Internet. And I'm going to leave you with this quote. Um, As I say, thank you to everyone out there for listening to my podcast, for supporting me by coming to my shows. Um, The messages, the posts on Facebook, the retweets, the favorites on Twitter Um, coming up to me after a show. Um, just everything. If you've touched my life in any way, shape, or form in the last year, um, a big thank you for that. Looking forward to a prosperous 2015. Hopefully, I'm still going to be part of the Daily Show as one of their backup warm-up guys. Again, I do have some irons in the fire. If something big happens, I would love to share it with you, and I'm going to share it just as soon as I can. But let's go out 2014. If someone said it better than you, why try to say it better than they did? So this one from Sophocles. All men make mistakes, but a good man yields when he knows his course is wrong and repairs the evil. Right? I'm going to – this deserves one more. All men make mistakes, but a good man yields when he knows his course is wrong and repairs the evil. Unbelievable quote. Um, everybody have a happy and safe New Year's Eve and wishing you nothing but health, prosperity, and happiness for 2015. Please continue to spread the word of the Vince August podcast. Help grow this army. Happy New Year, everybody.